0: everybody Uh, welcome to the show it's uh, good to have you it's uh, uh friday the 23rd of july 2021 it's the coldest day in south africa in the last 10 years and the topic for today is should we forgive those who hurt us and this is the fundamental question for today's podcast i will however be dealing with something else briefly And uh, the context of this idea of forgiveness, I'll explain also in a short moment. This is the Fishing for Men with Mac podcast. It's awesome to have you listening today. It's episode 60 uh, and I am speaking here from Durban to be specifically, uh, be specific Westville, Durban, South Africa. My name is Michiel. And it's so good to have you listening. Now, before I climb into the main topic for today, I just want to settle something quickly. I did a podcast uh, two weeks ago entitled Can a Man Give Birth? If you haven't listened to it, uh, please go check it out. Um, it, it just shows you some of the great challenges that this generation is facing. In a nutshell, it was about the extreme places to transgenderism is moving. Women turn trans and then they have children. They call themselves men, but they are women. They look like men, but they give birth to babies and they sound like men. And so I spoke about that and some of the issues regarding homosexuality. And I just pointed out that transgenderism is, is, is not natural and normal. But it's gender dysphoria. And I also spoke about homosexuality that is clearly not a creation of God, according to Romans in chapter one. And what we're finding in the LGBTQ uh, community is that they're trying to normalize the idea that gender is on a spectrum. And that is just simply not the case in the mammal uh, mammal kingdom. It's not the case in God's creation. And uh, after that podcast, I realized that I was a bit harsh. I had a few conversations with people. Had some response from people. And you know, I came across a bit insensitive. And I just want to correct that because I don't think it is correct to be insensitive about things like that. You know, it is. It, it is something. I'll be honest with you. It's hard for me to to accept. That a man thinks he's a woman or a woman thinks she's a man. And, you know, it it, it makes me go crazy to know that there's going to be a man participating in a women's sport at the Olympics. And, uh, you know, it it, it upsets me um, personally, but I can't let my personal um, belief. Um, discredit the idea that some people out there are just struggling with it you know there's a there, there are people out there who deliberately practice homosexuality and then there are people out there who's got a predisposition towards it just like there are men who struggle to contain their lust and who can't be faithful to one man sin is sin and so um you know how, how do how do christians treat sin you, you got to treat it the way that, that jesus did and um jesus didn't um jesus didn't just condone all things but he had love and mercy towards people that he also didn't agree with and so um I believe we need to love all people, even if we find their life choices abhorrent and people have struggles. And we need to be kind and tolerant and merciful, but also stand firm for the truth. And I think in that podcast, I was just, you know, I, I didn't show any sensitivity towards people like that. And, and, and since then, um, things have gotten worse. There's a documentary making headlines of a man trying to breastfeed the baby's wife at birth that is also now a man okay, so it's extremely strange. you can go check it out on YouTube and this is the name of the, the the video transgender parent tries to breastfeed child in bizarre viral video. And if you don't know why that's strange, it's because men don't produce milk okay and so this this guy was trying to feed his baby uh, from a nipple that doesn't produce milk. So Lord help us. anyways, after that podcast, the friend responded to me with a message from a friend he knows who listened to it to the podcast and the person basically said, you know she, should never uh, he should never have sent the message to her. She totally supports this type of behavior. She's a firm supporter of um, the, the LGBTQ community. Uh, she po- supports the idea that men can be women, uh, even though it is a scientific impossibility. And um, and then at the bottom of the message, she wrote John eight verse seven. And I want to talk about that briefly and explain some things because people are very confused about this text. It's not the first time that I've seen people point this out. The text that she's referring to s- says this, and you have, you've heard this before. If any of you is without sin, let him the, be the first to throw a stone at her. If any of you is without sin, let him be the first to throw a stone at her. And if you don't know the story, it's a woman that was caught in the act of adultery that was brought to Jesus and they wanted to hear what is his verdict: should she be stoned or not? And so, what this girl it was, and so Jesus responds to them and says, "Okay, if any of you guys are without sin, you guys throw the first stone at this woman that was caught in the act of adultery." And so, what this girl was trying to say by using this text is, hey, "You guys have sin. I mean, you you doing the podcast, you Mac, you've got sin. You, you might have different sin." But what makes you think that you've got the right to judge the LGBTQ community? What right do you have to judge a lesbian or a gay person or a transgender person? And and she's got a point, right? Well, just a a few things that I want to respond uh, to that. First, she admitted through that text, by quoting that text, that lesbianism, gay, bisexuality, transgenderism, queer is sin. Isn't that what she's saying? Yes, it's true that we all have sin. I too. I've got a lot of sin. I've got a lot of sin, man. The problem is that the LGBTQ community doesn't see their behavior as sin. And she made a mistake by quoting that verse because she was basically then saying, well, yeah, she agrees that what they're doing is sin, but I can't judge them because I have sinned too. Um, I admit that I'm a sinner and I repent. The problem is the LGBTQ community doesn't feel that there's any need to repent. And they're trying to push the idea that the, the way they view gender and sexuality is, is normal. And those who do believe in God are trying to say that it's God-pleasing, which is not the, not the case at all. And they're trying to say that it is um, it is it is part of nature when there's no scientific evidence that it is part of nature. It's a psychological problem. Okay, secondly... Jesus was talking here to the woman that was caught in the act of adultery. And it is a wonderful story, which I'd love to spend more time on. But another thing to point out is what Jesus says to her in verse 11. He says to her, go now and leave your life of sin. Jesus didn't condone her adultery, but he told her to stop the sin. So even though there was nobody going to throw a stone at her, he still told her, you need to stop your sin. So if you want to use that story to say the LGBTQ community don't need to leave their life of sin, it is definitely the wrong text to use. Thirdly, this might be a surprise for some of you, and I've spoken about this before, can't remember which podcast it was, but Christians must judge. Jesus said so. Paul said so. And if you want to know where and how and where in the Bible that stands, send me a message and I will send you the text. But the basic idea is this. If I see you stealing, I must say nothing. I mustn't judge you. I see you stealing. I'm not allowed to make a judgment. That's what it assumes. I can't say you are stealing. You're doing something wrong. I'm not allowed to say that then. You get the idea. If I love you, I must correct you. Yes, you are stealing. Yes, you are hurting yourself. You're hurting other people. Fourthly, yes, we all sin. But the big problem of the LGBTQ community is that it is sexual sin. And Paul says, all other sins a man commits are outside his body, but he who sins sexually sins against his own body. And so sexual sin is more serious. And we saw this in Romans chapter 1 as well, that when the people departed from God, what's the first place where they experienced depravity? It was in their sexuality. Any, anyways, I just wanted to respond to that person's comment. And once again, if anybody listened and found my ideas too harsh, it wasn't my intention. I've met quite a number of LGBTQ people in my life and loved them dearly and treated them with respect. And that is what we should do, even though we don't agree with their moral beliefs. And so I want you to know that this podcast is not against people, but against the ideas that some people have. The main topic of this episode uh, won't be too long, but I think it's very, very important. And it was suggested to me by a dear brother of mine. And here is the request in his own words. God says that we must love everyone and forgive everyone. How do we do the same for people like Jacob Zuma, Julius Malema, Hendrik Verwoerd, or even people that have stolen millions of rands from us? They know it. They are still rich themselves, yet refuse to pay back. I've spoken to many young people and part of the reason they don't want to turn to Jesus is for this reason, where Jesus tells us to forgive everyone, rapists, murderers, thieves, etc, etc. And so that's sort of his, his question and I, I think it is loaded. And so what I'd like to do is uh, I just want to briefly unpack some of it and, and really talk about forgiveness. And this might tap into your personal life. You might be listening to this and there are some people in your life that you haven't forgiven. Um, and you are struggling, or, or yeah, you are struggling with your partner that has maybe done something against you, or a parent that has done something against you, or maybe there's somebody that 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 just don't want to forgive you. Uh, I mean, this is a big, big, big topic, and let's see how we can sort of make a dent into all of the things that are in in the section of of, of text and, and request from my dear friend. First, does God say we must love everyone? Yes, he does. I mean, he does it. He loves the people who worship Satan, even the people that crucified his son. Matthew chapter 5 is 44. Jesus is speaking and he says, love your enemies. But most people can't make sense of this because they don't understand what the word love means. And so when they hear, oh my goodness, I've got to love Jacob Zuma. I've got to feel towards Jacob Zuma the way that I feel towards my mom or my dad. That's just not going to happen. Yeah, of course, because it's it's irrational. And so there are four different Greek words usually used for love. The the one is storge, which is a family love. It's the love that you have for your mom, your dad, or your child. And there is phileo, which is a deep relational love that you have with somebody that you spend a lot of time with, like a best friend. And then there is Eros. And Eros is a sexual love. It's a love, it's a romantic love, a love that you have for your partner. Now, nowhere, nowhere does God say that we need to phileo, Eros, or Storge, any other person on the planet. Okay, that cannot be commanded. He says to us that we need to agape. That's the fourth type of love. We need to agape all people. And agape is not based on feeling, it's not about how you feel. It is a verb, it's based on what you do. And this is the definition I I like to use for agape. Do that which will benefit someone else regardless of how you feel. And so you don't feel like you want to do something good towards Zuma, but you do it anyway. That is agape love. You don't have to feel anything for for the person that you struggle with. But if if you could, you would do well to do good to him in a way that would benefit that person. That doesn't mean that you need to be nice to your enemies all the time. It could mean that you would hold them accountable as well because that's also a form of love because you're doing that which will benefit that person regardless of how you feel. It might mean that you need to discipline them. You need to do what is best for them. Um, And this is also a point where we all need to be very careful. We've all hurt people. We've all been God's enemies. Jesus didn't feel like going to the cross, but he did it because it would benefit us. It would provide eternal life for us. And if we want the love of God, I think it is only fair to give the love of God to others as well. So that is the first point that I'd like to make. There's a, a second point is, does God say that we must forgive everyone? Does he say that? Regardless of what they've done to us, must we forgive them? Regardless of whether they've said sorry or repented, should we just forgive them? Well, there's a great debate about this uh, among some people. but s- Scripture sometimes seem to present different answer to this. But in a nutshell, this is what I see. I'm going to read to you Luke 17, verse 3 to 4. If your brother sins, rebuke him. And if he repents, forgive him. If he sins against you seven times in a day, and seven times come back and say to you, I repent, forgive him. This text seems to say that we must always forgive if someone repents. In a way, we could also then say, well, if someone doesn't repent, then we don't need to forgive them. But Colossians 3 verse 13 says, forgive us, the Lord forgave you. Well, how did God forgive us? Titus 3 verse 5 says he saved us, not because of righteous things we had done, but because of his mercy. So does God forgive us because of his mercy then and not because of our repentance? Some people say faith is enough and repentance isn't needed. I'm also reminded of Hebrews 8 verse 12, for I will forgive their wickedness and will remember their sins no more. And so God forgets our sins. That's how God forgives. God forgives in a way that he forgets our sins. And so, in any case, after reading these texts, how do we make sense of it all? Should we forgive and forget? Isn't that the big topic that people always bring up? Should we forgive and not forget? Should we forgive only when the people who have hurt us have repented, said sorry, admitted that they're wrong? Let me give you a conclusion to the matter. Forgiveness without repentance is an anomaly. Jesus didn't teach that. Jesus didn't say that we need to forgive even if people don't repent, and God doesn't do that. God doesn't forgive us unless we repent. Secondly, forgiveness with repentance is a must. If someone has hurt you and said sorry, you have to forgive. It is the right thing to do. It is what Jesus would do. Thirdly, unforgiveness is an anomaly. In other words, if you say, I won't forgive that guy because he hurt me and hasn't said sorry, you will be making yourself bitter. Someone once said that unforgiveness is like drinking poison and thinking the other person will die. We need to forgive people even if they don't repent for our own sakes. But what type of forgiveness is this? Your husband cheats on you and you just move on and make as if it never happened. He doesn't confess and repent. He still messages the other women. No, that is not what I'm talking about. And that brings me to the next point. Forgive while forgetting. I think that's the goal. Forgive while forgetting your husband cheats on you and you must just forget it ever happened and continue with the relationship as it was before no that is not the forgiveness that god requires of of us i mean you're gonna constantly wonder who's he messaging on his phone and it's irrational to do that we forgive but we cannot forget yet and i don't believe that god expects that of us the person that has wronged you needs to work on earning back his or her place back in the relationship So you forgive, and based on the person's repentance, you eventually might reach the point of forgetting. And unfortunately, that takes time. And so you can forgive immediately so that this burden is off your shoulders and that you you don't provide bitterness a place in your heart. You can forgive immediately. You might not forget what has happened, so you're not going to trust the person again easily, but you can work on that. You can work on trusting again and forgetting as time progresses. So let me just summarize everything. Yes, we must forgive for our own sake, for our own peace of mind. To release bitterness, we need to let go, even if people never repent. Yes, when people ask forgiveness, when they repent and say, sorry, you have to forgive them. You have to. Even if you forgive people, it doesn't mean you must immediately forget. It will take time to forget, and it will depend on the repentance of the person. Uh, Forgetting and forgiving doesn't always happen at the same time. The better the person repents, the easier it will be to forget the trespass. Now, to get to the issue that people have against the rapists, etc., that Jesus says we must forgive. So I take it works like this. I cannot, and this is sort of the idea that I got from the message, I cannot become a Christian because Jesus says we must forgive people who commit the most horrible crimes, and I can't let them get away with that. A few thoughts from my side. If God exists... They won't get away with it. There will be an ultimate judgment. God will have his vengeance against the people who have hurt others. Okay? So, secondly, God doesn't require you to forgive someone who didn't sin against you. He will hold them accountable. Remember also that forgiveness is for you. It's not that for that person. Thirdly, if your heart is not willing to give grace and mercy to people, then you are also not deserving of the grace and mercy that God offers. We have to be careful. We can't expect mercy from God if we're not prepared to give mercy to others. Love you guys. Talk again soon. Any topics that you've got in your mind you'd like me to address, please don't hesitate to let me know. Hope there's been some blessing in today's talk. Love you guys. Bye-bye.